Hello and welcome back to the Relationship Matters podcast. We believe relationship matters from humanity to nature to the larger whole. I'm your host, Katie Churchman, and in this episode, I'm thrilled to be talking with CRR Global faculty member, Yuri Murakawa, about listening and its power to heal. Yuri Murakawa has been an active player in the professional coaching field since 2004. She has trained and coached more than 1,000 leaders and coaches globally from various backgrounds, such as corporate executives, NGO leaders, business owners, independent professionals, and dream seekers of their own. Prior to her career in coaching, Yuri worked as a management consultant, specializing in organizational and leadership development for 13 years. After being a trainer for CTI for eight years, she launched the Organizational and Relationship Systems Coaching Program in Japan and founded CRR Japan in 2009. Currently, she is a global faculty member of CRR Global, developing professional organizational coaches around the world, such as in Japan, China, Singapore, South Africa, and Australia. She is passionate about bringing her professional experience to the bigger social context and works extensively with NGOs in social sectors, such as Kimoni Hashi Project, supporting survivor leaders of human trafficking issues in India, an Asia Rural Institute, educating organic farming and developing servant leadership for rural leaders in Asia and Africa. Across the episode, we discuss listening as a superpower, the potential of listening in relationship systems work, healing through listening, and how to truly listen to ourselves, our clients, and the world around us at a deeper level. So without further ado, I bring you the wonderful Yuri Murakawa. Yuri, it's a breath of fresh air to have you back on the show with me today. Thank you, Katie, for inviting me again. I have been looking forward to this moment again, spending time with you and uh, enjoying that what's going to happen and emerge between us. Yeah. And today we're talking about listening and how it can be healing. And I'm wondering, do you think that listening can be considered a superpower, not just for coaches, but also for human beings in general? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is not something that uh, from my own experience, but I have witnessed that is happening. And I also have learned from many people, my clients, my teachers, and also uh, amazing people that has very deep story in their life and experience. And they have been proven. I'm wondering, because I think so many of us say that we're good listeners. But what does it mean to really listen, do you think? I like to start from, um, we have a Japanese character in Japan, which meet with the listening. And that has the parts to it, but it says, first part is ear, and the other parts is 14th, the number, and last part is heart. Mm -hmm. So in Japan, we believe that uh, listening is about putting your ear toward to the person with 14 hearts. Oh, I love that. And that, for me, that shows, um, that teaches us that how we listen. 
And uh, it is like uh, listening is not only by ear or minds or eyes, but really have full of heart. And if it's feel received, we feel being listened. Yeah, it feels wonderful to be really heard. Mm, without judgment mm. and no worry about how the other person would think of, right? But be able to blurt and really tell what's in your mind. I noticed something you did when I asked the question. You really digested it for a moment. You sat with it. Whereas I think so often in life, this is something I do a lot. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say while the person's speaking. And I think that's a sort of level of listening that so often doesn't happen. We're, We're not listening to the spaces in between. We're predicting. That's right, right? Isn't it so hard to be in the moment? We are so want to go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's not only you, Katie, me too, me too. I do that all the time. Yeah, it's so hard because also you get enthused by certain conversations and your brain's thinking about the next thing to add in, but then you're missing what they're actually saying or how they're being in that moment. Yeah, sometimes uh, silence is has so much wisdom within Mm. and we forget to listen to the silence the moment in between which is right here but we wants to go jump onto the words or what is visible and that usually in ahead of us or the past of us and not in the moment Mm. so yeah stay in the moment i think it's one of the key for listening isn't it? Yeah. And it's very hard to stay with silence because I think as a society in general, as a world, we tend to sort of think about silence as a a negative thing, as if something's going wrong. And I I might be wrong about that sort of globally, but at least in the West, it does feel like if we're not filling the silence, something is going wrong. Uh I think it's same in here. Although we have the culture to respect the silence and we value the silence. However, in the modern world, and our, you know, digital, uh, fast uh, society, we ignore silence. And also we are afraid of silence because it's the moment of unknown. It's the moment of uncertainty, the silence. It's like open door and nobody knows what's going to happen next. So I think uh, we are afraid of unknown, stepping to unknown. And we're trying to micromanage and control everything by jumping in and then missing the moment. Yeah. I'm wondering where you think this listening process starts, because when you were saying then about sort of being on our phones and this 24-7 world we live in, it made me think about how little time we often spend listening to ourselves and what's going on there. Uh-huh. And I'm just wondering, you know, does it sort of have to start first with the individual at that emotional intelligence level? Yes. Yeah. Because I guess if you don't listen to yourself, how can you really listen to, to someone else and understand what that means? Mm -hmm. I cannot agree with you more. And I also think that listening to ourselves, actually EQ, we tend to put it aside and we tend to put it the last, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is why uh, we have the work called coaching, because this creates the opportunity for us or an opportunity for us to uh, listen to ourselves. And uh, yeah, it's the really basics and it helps 
we have an EQ and listen to ourselves. That's why we can listen to others. However, it's always a last for at least in the busy life like this. You know, mm. that's what is how it happens to me. Yeah. I've never thought about coaching as facilitating for that to happen. And you're right. It's a, it's a mirror for everything you're saying. And it, it's the questions that we ask, encourage people to, to start having that dialogue internally. Yes, I think so. And especially the challenging moment, environment, bring us the very unfair situation to us, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and we uh, think, people think that we have to move on and we have to uh, bring the solution to this issue and problem. So we tend to forget about staying right now and listen to ourselves. So I think uh, listening to these kind of moments really helps. And I think this listening works. And if it is a superpower, it has a superpower, especially in those moments of challenge. Yeah, I, I think our, our default is quite often to, to be okay with things that aren't okay because we're trying to look after everyone else and to fix others when they're in those moments. And sometimes when we're in those moments, all we want is someone just to hear us, to hear us uh-huh. rant and rage about whatever's yeah. going on and how that, that can be healing in itself. Uh-huh. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I believe that listening is healing. And I have learned that from actually uh, one of my clients. Mm-hmm. There were one of the moments that uh, I visited and I, was, I went there as a teacher of coaching. <laughs> and I'm saying it uh, with, uh, with a smile on my face. Here's why. Because I thought that I was there to teach about listening, right? So I said, okay, chapter number one, listen number one. Um, <laughs> what is listening? <laughs> no, I asked the participants. And the group was the leader of NGOs. And uh, one of the leader from India, she raised her hand and said, listening is healing. Wow. That was the moment that I thought, okay, thank you very much. I'm going home. I have nothing to tell you more. It's such a simple definition. And yet I think we all understand that on a sort of instinctual level. When you said that, I was like, yeah, yeah, I've I've been I've been in a moment where I've been really heard. And being heard makes you feel truly seen in the world, which I think so often we don't. Yes. And it's not about fixing or making it right. It's just ah, oh, it's a big exhalation, isn't it? It's um yeah. And uh, the background, thinking of the background of her saying it, that uh, it was not only her saying it, it was her tribe back in home and uh, her people, community. And that's how they held their community from the primitive lives. And uh, they have had many civil wars and um, there were fight between the tribes and there were war you know, in the community. And that's how their tribes maintain the connection of the people and heal each other, heal the community, heal the tribes, and by listening to each other. Mm. So, yeah, that was the moment that I learned from her about what is listening. And I guess I'm wondering, Yuri, do you feel like there are different 
types of listening because it feels or maybe certain types of listening aren't listening at all maybe that's what I'm talking to but I I don't feel like all listening is healing Mm -hmm. yeah uh, I think so. Well, we have a good tools to good model to describe that, right? Three levels of reality, and we can always communicate with the uh, consensus reality level, which is important in daily lives and to move the life forward. However, once we tap into the level of listening to the dreaming and uh, listen to the emotions and feelings and sensation, what's right there. And that helps us to connect to a deeper level of almost feel like connecting to the experience of human beings. It's not only us, me, but how the people have lived. And I think it's listening is a tool that has been with the human beings since the primitive lives, since we acquire the language, almost feel like. Yeah, and I think maybe that's why it gets disregarded because it sort of seems as primitive, simple, perhaps, but not easy. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why we're, we're so often missing the magic of, of what this could be, what this could mean for our clients, our organizations, our teams. Yes, yes. So I'm wondering, you know, that that buzzword active listening comes up a lot in coaching. And, you know, what makes a process an active listening process as opposed to just a normal conversation? Um, You know, I'm not a teacher of active listening, so it (laughs) might be uh, different from the... what the teacher teaching. However, from my point of view, active listening is really about curiosity and it's really about willingness to step into unknown, not waiting for the answer that's already fixed. So willingness to explore the magic of unknown. For me, that's that's active listening. And how do you help yourself get into that state, perhaps before... A challenging client engagement that you know sometimes triggers you into um, a way of being that isn't necessarily helpful? For me, the open door is emotions. I think it's different by people by people. But for me, uh, the entrance is emotion and emotional field right there. And once I get, I, I feel the sense of emotion of this person or the field that I am right there and open the door. What's there? Because underneath of emotions, usually there is a uh, the deep, you know, uh, dreaming and hope and stories and very authentic experience is awaiting for that. And I find it so valuable and so magical and be able to listen to that is kind of like be invited into the story, adventurous story of that person's life. And I guess then it stops you from making up all these ideas about who they are before you've really met them in that moment as they are. Exactly, exactly. How do you catch yourself when you're not in whatever you want to call it, an active listening or a deep listening space with a client? Yeah, yeah. One of the uh, thing is uh, when I notice myself not really being synchronized with this person when I'm thinking alone myself and the other person is talking about her or his story and there's a separation 
right? Mm. And when I find that uh, not being with and me not feeling and sensing that what is this person's experiences, that means that I am not there. I'm not listened to mm. that what's there, or I'm analyzing or I'm uh, interpreting uh, in my own head. So that's how I catch it. Yeah, I think um, I had a, a client I was working with today, actually, she was, um, she's dealing with a very difficult colleague. And mm -hmm. uh, we were real playing uh, the conversation that she's going to have. And uh, she kept on saying, I hear you, I hear you. And um, I ended up reflecting back, <laughs> I don't know if you're hearing me, because <laughs> you haven't used any of my language. And it was just fascinating that use of I hear you. But are yes. you? Are you actually hearing me? Mm. Isn't that the stressful moment, you know? And I noticed that, of course, I'm, I'm on that end as well in both sides. So it is like sense of the blockage or some arm is coming right in front of us in both sides. And we are not uh, listening to each other, but we are just throwing out the words to each other. <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah. throwing out the identity of being a listener. I hear you, I hear you, I, I'm listening, but you're not at all. Yeah, and deep listening actually helps. It, it is like a disarmament, you know, putting the arms side and putting the, you know, the hard shell on side and open heart and be vulnerable and willing to receive and give. And that's the power and the magic of deep listening, isn't it? Yeah. I was just thinking about sort of that healing quality of listening that you mentioned earlier. And do you think it's that being fully seen and heard in that way is, is such a rare experience in our day-to-day -day lives that it sort of takes us to a, a different level of our beingness? I don't know if that's the right way of putting it. It sort of takes away all the stuff, the trappings that gets yes. us lost. I, um, I have several experiences myself and also uh, by my client. And in the systems coaching also that um, have a privilege to meet with, to be with the, um, the community or the company who had a very challenging moment by listening to each other. And they, you know, healed each other and they uh, decided to move forward collectively. So um, I think it's not me. It is like I've been told and witness that that is really possible. Healing is possible. And I wonder sort of the flip side of that. What's it been like for you to really feel listened to in this way, in this healing way? Um, I remember 3.11 is one of the time that I learned so much about heal listening is healing. And myself, um, I'm living in the, the place called Tochigi Prefecture, and that is about 100 kilometers away from Fukushima. And right after the 311s, an explosion of a nuclear power plant, and I wasn't sure if it is safe to live here with my young daughter. So I decided to uh, kind of like be the refugee of having no home and uh, escape us to move to a place called Nagasaki, which is the southeast part of Japan. And when I was there, um, 
I was so lost. I, you know, didn't have home. I only knew my mother-in-law and didn't know what's going to happen next. And very sad and depressed. And that time, I was amazed the power of listening. Of just, it's not, it wasn't the coaching. It was just uh, people there, local people and local elderly lady and old man or um, you know, people on the street uh, waiting for the bus. And they could you know, listen to me and they were willing, where are you from? And you know, I, you know, why are you here? And I start telling a little bit of my story and they just listened to me. And I just can't believe how much they healed my heart mm-hmm. and how much just an open heart curious eyes and no judgment and a bit of sympathy and heart compassion and they were so kind Mm. and I never forget that moment never forget that experience it's just such it's such a beautiful example of they didn't try to fix anything and in doing that just listening they did it sounds like so much for you yes it makes me think, do we get this sort of coaching thing sort of, do we complicate it in the way that we have our tools and we put all these things in our toolkit? And yet, is it very easy sometimes, do you think, to lose sight, particularly for a new coach, of this superpower that sort of should live foundationally under everything else? I cannot agree with you more. Yeah. Well, tools are fantastic and skills are very useful, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we so easily forget that our work is deep listening. It's coaching. Mm. And that's the basics. I wonder, would you go so far as to say that coaching and listening are sort of synonymous? Yeah. If you let go all the tools, <laughs> all the skills, and what's, what's the core and never change, I think it's a deep listening. Mm. I think that's, that's our work. And that has a power to transform the system and that has a power to uh, heal the pain and cleanse the wounds of the system. And once the system become healthy and, you know, allow what happened, they are ready to move. They are ready to transform. And that is system and that is us. Yeah, it makes me think, Kiri, because so often I, I go into an engagement and I feel... Like I don't have enough. I have these tools that are generally quite simple and my competencies as a coach. But I think the beauty of coaching is in its simplicity. Mm-hmm. And it works every time. People love to be heard. And I think I'm always amazed by every kind of person, I think, gets so much from just being in that space yes. of feeling heard. Yeah. And the best thing about systems coaching is not the listener, it's not only the coach. Everybody mm. is the listener and they get to listen to each other. And I think that is the, one of the biggest power, biggest magic of the systems coaching. And the tools and skills facilitate the safest space in a very you know, intentional way and to uh, enable that deep listening for each other. Yeah. 
That's mm. a good point that you don't have to hold all of that as coach because some of the tools like Land's work enable people to listen in a different way. Yeah, especially for those challenging moments uh, for the system and when system wants to transfer, transform but doesn't know how or not quite ready for it. And I think that's the best. So the moment of mischange with change, right? Mm. Uh, I think uh, systems coaching is, and it's listening is the most powerful for those moments so that system listen to each other and really heal themselves mm. and ready to transform. Yeah. When I think about change management, that seems to be the bit that we so often jump over. Yes. And I, I realized I came onto this call sharing some challenging news, uh, big, yes. big, big change. And um, my default was to make it okay. Mm. And you really sat with me in the, this must be really hard. Mm. And I think that's based that ability to grieve and yes. to be disappointed, the disappointed dream. Yeah we need to create more space for that because otherwise we can never fully then surely move into that next phase or chapter, whatever it may be. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. The power of grief or ability to grieve. Yeah. Right. I think that's the ability that the system has and we have. And that's how that is the ability that the system naturally have it's a resource and we don't really overlook and try to fix things but who can you know who can beat that natural power that the system has mm-hmm. i once have experience um may i share yes yeah. uh working with <laughs> a lot related to 311th right <laughs> um i have been working with one of the uh, nuclear related plant okay and I have been working with the management team. And uh, by the way, I'm speaking about this with the permission of them. So that plant, that the team of the management, uh, it's the story is after the after 10 years of the 311th earthquake. But because of that disaster and um, can I say guilty feeling they hold and uh, disappointed about themselves and the sadness and the grief for people they lost. And even after the 10 years, it almost like the clock stopped at 2011, March 11. And it was a tool, tool I used was actually myth change. It's a combination of original myth and myth change. When we walked, the, the history of that plant and people start to speaking. And when they speak about the past, they speak with such a joy, proud and uh, hope about all the dreams that they had and all the, the achievement that made until 2011, March 11. And uh, in that moment, um, they had so much stories. So I decided to, uh, me and my co-leader, stop the moment. And, okay, so really let's listen to what happened and what's there. And they start 
telling the story. And um, it's, um, it's a pile of such a small event. However, the very deep stories that they forgot about. Mm. For example, in the horrendous moment of that everybody uh, stay in the plant and the plant is exploding, the other plant is exploding, tsunami is coming, not knowing that if everybody's safe, and not knowing that if their family is safe, and in those crises, that there are such a small moment, small moment of uh, beauty and also guilt. For example, like that moment that everybody's thirsty, everybody's hungry, and there's no food, no water coming in, and this person gave me a bottle of water, wow. or everybody's tired. A sleepless night for three three days, and and my boss said, "Go back in the room and take a nap. The rest I take care of it." So those <laughs> those moments of uh, the warmth of people, and uh, the gratefulness, and the little uh, moment that but couldn't say thank you because they were such in chaos. Or the moment that uh, one person is coming from the other plant with a possibility of uh, nuclear contamination. And the moment then that I could not open the window door for him, because the moment I thought that this person may carry the contamination of nuclear, and he still carries that guilt after 10 years about that small moment mm. and um, we just talked about it i think hours and we noticed that very step by step slowly slowly the field become lighter and they start breathing and air coming in and their face start to change mm. and when i look back that was the period of them listen to each other and heal each other. That's so powerful. And after that, finally, clock started ticking toward future. Ten years, the clock stopped. It's amazing. Right at the moment, 2011, 3.11, 2.46pm, stop. It's incredible that something so simple I think I keep coming back to the idea that listening is so simple and mm. so often overlooked and misunderstood yeah. can shift a system like that in that way in such a powerful transformational way yeah they taught me the power of listening nothing else worked and I think the thing that shows up for me is that no one fixed anything no one made it okay no one tried to brush it under the carpet as we do in the UK. It was just listening in the most holistic sense. And that served the system more than anything else probably could have. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm wondering, Yuri, this, this superpower of listening. Mm. What do you think would be possible if we brought more of this into our lives, not just to our coaching practices, but to our families, our friends, to the the checkout lady we meet in the supermarket, <laughs> what might be possible for our world? Yeah, 
we will be living in more kind world.、Mm. We can be kind to each other and also kind to ourselves because shit happens, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's part of our lives and it's normal. And still, life goes on and we can live. And it's okay. I love that. Shit happens. I think sometimes when you've had a really crappy run of news, whatever it is, losing someone you love or having to move your life to another country unexpectedly, any of those things, sometimes just having someone listen and say, God, that's really rough. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And tell me, what is it like for you? Yeah. We don't want fixing, we just want listening, which is the healing in itself. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I've been in such a, a listen to space today, Yeri. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening, Katie. This is such a powerful and important place. And I know I've been sort of banging that drum, but I don't think I expected to, to see listening as such a significant ally for us as human beings. Yes, yes, I think so. It's an ultimate ally.、Mm. Really is. We don't need anything, right? Just us. Yeah. We have everything we need. We are the resource. And,、um, That's right.、Mm. That's right. Thank you so much, Yuri. This was a beautiful conversation and、um, I'm taking away so much. Me too. Me too. Thank you for this opportunity and the space you created. It was listening, really deep listening by you. Thank you, Katie. Here. Take care. You too. A huge thanks to Yuri Murakawa for that beautiful discussion around listening. My key takeaways are as follows When we jump straight to words and skip over the moments in between, we miss the wisdom of silence. Silence is a moment of uncertainty and a moment of unknown. This may be why so many of us struggle to be with and stay with silence. Listening is a superpower, particularly during moments of challenge. It doesn't try to fix or change anything, it heals simply through witnessing where someone is. We can listen at different levels of reality. At the dreaming level, we can listen for emotions, feelings, and sensations that help us to connect at a deeper level. Deep listening is at the core of coaching. It has the power to transform, heal, and cleanse the wounds of the system. And once a system becomes healthy, they are then ready to move. Grief is an important stage, it's a resource. When we don't try to overlook and move past this stage, we can heal through listening and through being heard. Listening is an ally. It can help us to embrace our experience of life in its entirety. To find out more about Yuri's work, do check out crrglobal.com. For over 18 years, CRR Global has accompanied leaders, teams, and practitioners on their journey to build stronger relationships by focusing on the relationship itself, not only the individuals occupying it. This leads to a community of change makers around the world. Supported by a global network of faculty and partners, we connect, inspire, and equip change agents to shift systems one relationship at a time. We believe relationship matters, from humanity to nature to the larger whole. <laughs>